Welcome to the Physician Associate Podcast. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Physician Associate Podcast. My name is James. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by a physician associate called Cheyenne. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Jane, for having me. So my name is Cheyenne. I'm a neurology physician associate working at King's College Hospital, and I've been working as a PA for four years now. Perfect. Thank you. So I've tried to make lots of different episodes on the PA podcast with PAs in lots of different specialties. And I thought neurology was one that was kind of obviously missing from my list of episodes that I've done so far. So thank you so much for joining me. Do you want to start by telling me a little bit about your interest in neurology and before your time before you were a PA? I kind of liked neurology for a, for a long time. Um, and it all sparked um, from when uh, my grandfather uh, passed away from Parkinson. I think that was a spark into um, pursuing neurology uh, even during my undergraduate uh, degree. So I did my undergraduate uh, dissertation on Parkinson and I was quite interested with neurology and I wanted to know a little bit more about it. So I applied for a neuroscience master's at King's and I thoroughly enjoyed it and I really enjoyed the research side of things. But I really wanted to do more patient interactive kind of um, profession. Of course, I looked into medicine as well. But at a time when I was working uh, as a healthcare assistant during my uh, masters and um, I come across a PA um, which was working in neurosurgery department and I didn't know what a PA profession was. I looked into it and I think it was a perfect match for what I like. Um, I really liked the fact that I could be quite versatile and um, can, can tailor the job description towards something that I'm passionate about. I'm also very passionate with teaching um, so I think the PA profession was I mean, I know a lot of people say that it's quite uh, cliche. It's, it was literally a perfect profession for me. So I applied for the uh, PA program at Queen Mary University. So I was the first cohort of PAs. So I was a very enthusiastic PA student. So I used to stay quite late, come in, come in early and go late and try to be helpful as much as I can. I think that's what's really important. And I give this advice to lots of students when they, go, when they do placement is to be helpful as much as you can. Um, and if you're not comfortable with anything that they offer you, you have to tell them your limitation as a student. And I was looking forward to finding a neurology job. And as you can imagine, there's not many neurology PAs in the country, even though I'm working in this specialty and I'm very passionate about it. And, and it might be a bit biased for me to say to PA student to pursue neurology, I definitely recommend it. Can you walk us through what a typical day as a physician associate working in neurology sort of looks like, if there is such a thing as a typical day, or perhaps a typical week if it, if it changes day to day? Absolutely. I think in any PA specialty, um, you is involving to do ward round and, and jobs and the work. But if I guide you through what I do, um, so I start Monday at um, eight o'clock and I get a handover from the night SHO, update the list in the morning, and then we have a board round with a consultant and other multidisciplinary team, including nurses, therapists, um, which we, we discuss the patient the board round. And after that, we do a Monday board round, which I can, I'm, I'm sure you can empathize and sympathize with me, James, how long that takes in a medical specialty compared to a surgical specialty. 
And we see patients, um, we tend to see every patient on Monday, so we have a good understanding of what we're expecting throughout the week. Um, once the patients are seen, we divide the job between SHOs or senior house officers and PAs in our department. And we are very, we work basically as a team and we do the jobs. So that's the Monday. And it can be quite busy because things that haven't been quite done on Saturday, Sunday, um, they surprise you on Monday morning. And then Tuesday, again, is the same doing the ward round in the morning, but sometime um, I could have maybe a special skin biopsy that comes through or uh, a, and I do something called um, STEC or same day emergency care. So these patients from A&E, rather than being admitted, you try to uh, you know, uh, prevent an admission and you see the problem and it's done by a consultant registrar and a PA and OSHO. Typically this patient needs uh, some sort of treatment so they can come in with severe migraine attack or seizure and you see them and um, you discuss the case with a, with a registrar and consultant and you work as a team to try to get the patient um, better, whether to admit the patient or um, actually discharge them. So we can get patient coming in with who needs a gum block or greater occipital nerve block or uh, lesser occipital nerve, nerve block, which uh, I've been trained to do, and it's quite helpful when these patients are in severe agony with, uh, um, you know, uh, you know, severe migraine attacks, uh, uh, cervical cephalasias, and and typically they respond quite well. The other thing that we do is sometimes uh, we get patients coming from any with with severe visual changes and um, they have a high BMI, and you think that they might have um, idiopathic intracranial hypertension, which is one of these conditions that, um, you know, uh, they need basically a lumbar puncture to first find out is this a, like a high-pressure type of headache, um, so we can help out with that. So Tuesday can be a bit difficult to know what you're expecting. That's what keeps neurology uh, a very interesting uh, specialty, because every day you don't know what you're expecting. On Wednesdays, twice a month, um, I have I lead a muscle biopsy clinic. Um, again, I was trained by a consultant who was used to do these biopsies, but he left the department, um, and I've been doing this muscle biopsy clinic um, for about a year and a half now. And um, it's very interesting. You see lots of uh, myopathies and different conditions. The other two weeks that... Uh, on Wednesday that I do the muscle biopsy, we also do something called Neurology Virtual Clinic. This is a clinic that never established at King's before. I introduced it to King's um, and I did something called a quality improvement project. I presented it and um, in a practical neurology and it was published in BMJ. And since about, I think, the beginning of 2021, We've been doing this something called post-discharge virtual clinic. Essentially, anyone who's discharged from hospital in a neurology uh, as an inpatient, they, they've been having lots of lots of investigation, but these patients typically don't get followed up by a consultant very quickly. So they are seen maybe after three to four months. So a result can come out maybe after two weeks of discharge. And but we can, we can kind of um, get the result faster than before they are seen in clinic. So what we do, we, we chase those results, we uh, 
documented on uh, electronic patient record and we uh, inform the consultant who follows the patient up to, to make sure that these results are not missed. And what we did as, as this quality improvement project, we increased uh, the uptake of, uh, you know, chasing the result of patient from, if I remember, from 20 something percent to 68 or 70 percent. So that was a very good improvement. And, all, and by doing that, the stroke team also tried to follow this system and they do in this virtual clinic. So it's been very helpful. And I think this is something that can be done in various specialties. Thursdays, uh, we have a full day of lumbar puncture. Again, this is not done typically just by PAs. It's, it's divided amongst SHOs and PAs. I've done a lot of lumbar punctures um, since I've been doing this job, probably more than thousands of times. I've lost count of how many I've done. But technically, of uh, what I do, I supervise a lot of um, uh, IMTs or internal medical trainees that they need to get their sign off. This is something that uh, was offered to me by uh, the clinical lead in in AMU and uh, medical specialties because they've never had a lumbar puncture clinic to to get their um, lumbar puncture signed off. And it's a very good teaching opportunities for other doctors to come and practice as well as PAs in the trust. Typically I do, lumbar punctures are very difficult to do. Um, and the other thing that we do, apart from that, we have something called skin biopsy, which we do for small fiber neuropathy. I know it's quite niche, but that's uh, one of the <laughs> things that in neurology, you get a lot of niche tests done. Um, we do fat biopsy as well. Um, so yeah, that's Thursday, as well as doing, a, you know, being involved with the world round and doing jobs. Friday can be quite educational. So we have half a day of that is teaching. So from, uh, we start with a neuroradiology teaching around uh, 8.30 in the morning. And then we have case-based discussions, um, which registrars, SHOs or PAs are present a case. And we learn from that case. So about four, three to four CPDs per week internally we get, um, which is very good. So yeah, I've been involved quite a lot during the week. And the other thing that I do, which I forgot to mention, James, which is I'm very, very passionate about is medical education. So um, I started with teaching second year medical student at King College London uh, with clinical skills and case-based discussion. And now moved on to third years and I've been teaching them for about two years now. Um, and I've been appointed as the academic clinical tutor for them. And I'm hoping one day, and I really, really hope that we're going to have PAs at King's College London so we can have a nice rotation for PAs in, in hospital. But so far, uh, we, uh, we, we haven't had any PAs. Or there's no PA program at King's per se. So this is something that we, uh, can be looked into in future. I'm not in that London bubble. Uh, so it's, it's often interesting for me to find out a little bit about the different hospitals and the way I think it's obviously run very differently because you've got lots of medical schools and lots of hospitals, tertiary centres all close together compared to me in, in rural Suffolk where there's probably one district general hospital um, and a university in another county, you know, 30 miles away. <laughs> what are the good things about working in neurology? Like what do you enjoy? What, what do you um, get a kick out of doing? It's one of those specialties that it keeps you on your toes. I mean, it really depends on how passionate you are as a PA in that specialty. But every day is like a new day, James. And 
that's what's so interesting about a specialty. It, I never get bored doing the procedure. I never get bored seeing my patient. Um, it's just the nature of the specialty that um, keeps you quite interested. I, I think specialties that PAs or doctors or other healthcare professionals choose is based on personality, really. And when you find your passion, and I know it sounds like a TED talk now, but when you find your passion as something that you really like, every single day you learn something new about that. So before I qualified as a, uh, as a PA, even though I've done a master's in neuroscience, it's actually nothing compared to what you see in front of you as in, pa- in terms of patient care. And you learn a lot on the job. When I started as a first PA in my department in neurology, I was almost like headless chicken. I wasn't sure what was going on. And, and it took me about three months to realize what I can do and what I can't do. Um, of course, um, we are generalist healthcare professionals. We are very malleable to different specialties and different things we can do. But I found that you learn a lot on the job. And a lot of PA students that I've met, they find neurology a bit intimidating and they're worried that they haven't learned so much neurology in their, during the PA course. But actually, you learned, I would say, 90% of things actually when you start working. And if you really like that specialty, every day you remember something that you learn from different consultants, different registrars, different SHOs. With everything in life, there are good things and bad things. So I wouldn't necessarily say bad things. I would say a disadvantage of a neurology job is that it's not for one of those personalities that prefer to have a quicker word round. So the word round can be quite long. It's typically three to four hours of seeing patient. And neurologists are very, very uh, uh, involved with looking at the holistic approach and medic, you know, it's a medical specialty. So as you know, James, I work in a tertiary center. So when, when, when GPC patient in primary care, they refer to a secondary care. When secondary care, I have no idea what's going on. They refer to us. So you can imagine how niche and complex these patients are, especially for PAs who just graduated. Um, I think the conditions, uh, if you you know, remember 1A1B, 2A2B, I think this is like 1Z, 1X, that kind of situation is... It's very, very complex. But actually, because it's niche, you, you learn things. When you look after one niche patient, if another patient comes next time, you know how to look after them. And you never forget that because they're very complex. So the word line can be quite long. The other thing is if you're not a good, you know, if you're not a fan of procedures, maybe uh, neurology or neurosurgery might not be the right option. Of course, you can always ta- tailor your job to different parts of, you know, uh, the specialty, a lot of thinking, a lot of ordering, lo- lots of niche tests and investigation. So yeah, that's a disadvantage. But I I love the job. Being the first PA, you know, you said you were in the first cohort to train and first PA into your department to work. How have you seen the role sort of evolve and grow? Was there any initial sort of hesitance or resistance from the medical community? And and has it been well received? Is it working well now? So I, I was quite lucky that uh, before joining the department, we've had a well-established neurosurgery PA. So of course, there are different specialties, and but they still we have patients that come from you know we have neurosurgical patients. So currently, we have about eleven PAs in neurosurgery, and every year this is expanding. 
um, and is a, again is a very nice specialty and um, lots of you, PAs working in a very you know very complex patient. Um, but what I what I've kind of felt is that when I joined this department, I didn't know anything about the neurology PA. I had to explain what I can do, and and so I had to be. Uh, if, even though my personality is quite um, passionate and enthusiastic, I had to be super, super enthusiastic and take on lots of uh, opportunities and look into things uh, to try to obviously not just to impress the colleagues, but to show and be an advocate for the PA profession of what we can actually offer. Of course, some neurologists never worked with PAs before, but the thing is when they start working with you, they know how valuable you are as part of the MDT and the continuity that we provide on the ward and being an institutional memory for the, the, the rotating junior doctors, I think is the most valuable thing, not just for the doctors and, and other healthcare professionals, actually for the patient. Um, when you see patients from the beginning to the end, you really know the patient well, and you can provide a lot of continuity for even for the consultant that keep changing weekly. So th that's what I think they, they, they looked into getting a PA because it, well, it worked really well for neurosurgery PAs. Um, um, but you need to show the department who you are, what you can do. Um, don't be afraid to say no to things that um, you feel uncomfortable doing. Um, and at the same time, do try to be helpful and look for opportunities. Because from my perspective, the more things you're able to do and provide, the more valuable you become. And the other thing, going back to what you said, James, about... Um, other medical specialties, yes. Sometimes other healthcare professionals, doctors may not know your role from other specialties, but you really need to explain what, um, who you are as, as, a, as a clinician. But I'm sure, and, and, and again, when I was a student, there was a lot of problems in the beginning, but now I'm so happy to see that when you introduce yourself as a PA, people know who you are. And when you pick up the phone, James, and you speak to other colleagues, and you speak to a lot of PAs in, in, in hospitals now. So that's really nice to see and hear from other people. And neurology, the good thing about it is that 80 to 90% of the time, you can actually get the diagnosis by, by examining them and looking at your patient. It's a very visual specialty. It's very clinical. So you can really localize the pathology by examination. I mean, imaging should be just there to guiding you about what you're looking for. So work on your examination. Um, there's Oxford Handbook of Neurology, which is, is a stepping stone for learning about different conditions and, and maybe knowing what sort of things you should be expecting in every, special, you know, every conditions. Thankfully, I work alongside um, doctors and other MDTs that are very, very supportive of PAs, and they really envision that PAs, um, they need to look into um, progressing to a next level. No one can stay in one, you know, mundane job uh, or job description for the rest of the life. And the life itself is evolving, so your job is also evolving. Um, but you, I think the difficulty for us as PAs is that Hopefully, when we get regulated, things that will be more straightforward. Um, we need to look for progression. We need to look for things that we can do to progress, whether academically or research. The other thing that I, I forgot to mention, um, I'm also involved with um, motor neuron disease research at King's. And 
seeing this um, and how much you can help your patient in not just the, um, the inpatient work, also being involved with research and publication is something else that um, I think PAs can be involved. Fab. Cheyenne, thank you so much. It's been fascinating for me to hear more about your work in neurology, and I'm sure other people will have enjoyed this episode as well to find out more about PAs. If it sparked questions or ideas in somebody's head and they want to find out more, where would you point them to go? Can they get in contact with you directly? Uh, yes, they can either email me, which I can give you my email, or they can uh, go through so, um, uh, Instagram page, neurology.pa. Um, um, I do get a lot of uh, messages, but I try to answer as many messages as I can. Perfect. I'll leave links to your Instagram page and your email address in the show notes so that people can find you there. Amazing. Thanks very much, James, for having me. Thanks, Shane. And thanks to you for listening as well. I hope you found that a really interesting episode to find out more about physician associates working in neurology. If you've got an idea for a future episode of the PA podcast, I'd love to hear from you. Please get in touch with me. I'm on social media at PA Podcast UK, and I hope you'll join me again for the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Physician Associate Podcast.